Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Seerah, and much more. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Now regarding the attacks against the Muslims and the provocative actions taken by Hindutva gangs in Leicester, it is important that we Muslims understand what is going on and respond accordingly. The media narrative that the disturbance, as they call it, was due to a cricket match is false. People in Leicester all know it had nothing to do with a cricket match. Incidents against the Muslims have been occurring for months and for months they have been reported to the authorities and for months frustration has been growing in the Muslim community due to a lack of action by the authorities. The community feels let down not only by the police but by a lack of leadership in the Muslim communities. Those who have taken part in local politics, in interfaith, in government initiatives, those who have the MBEs, the CBEs, the OBEs, where are you when your community needs you? Where are you and what good have your CBEs and your MBEs done? It would seem that the relationship you have with the authority is a one-way street. You keep giving and we keep getting abuse. Islamophobia has now become acceptable under your watch. Your job is not to get planning permissions for the mosques so our children can be indoctrinated in them to sing God Save the King. And we as Muslims know that if things turn nasty in Leicester, your MBEs and your CBEs and your OBEs will be of no use. The UK government will not want to damage its relations with the Modi government and they will be sympathetic to the Hindutva thugs. Our community and our youth will be left high and dry. And did we not see this very scenario playing out in Bradford 20 years ago when racist thugs attacked the Muslims in Bradford and it is the Muslims that went to jail? This is because we don't have a leader in the world who is there to cover our backs. The Hindu and Muslim community in Leicester have coexisted peacefully since the 60s. Many local temples, local Hindu and Jain communities have condemned what has happened. So it begs the question, who is behind it? This has the hallmark of a staged event. And we need to ask the question, who benefits? Has it been done to provoke the Muslim youth to get a reaction? Has it been arranged by the Hindutva government of India for an agenda they know? Is it related to the cancelled tour of a Hindu activist? Eyewitnesses claim that many of the thugs that came to Leicester the other night uh, the, the, the claim that the, 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 the activists, uh, the thugs that came to rampage the streets of Leicester, many of them came from West London by coach. Why was a march allowed when police resources are so stretched due to the death of the Queen? Why were the thugs allowed to have their faces covered when it is common practice for police to uncover faces of demonstrators? Witnesses claim that many of the thugs were armed with knives. But we haven't seen any reports from the police commenting on this, whether they did find the weapons or if any people were arrested. These thugs that came to Leicester to rampage and cause trouble, 
they are not motivated by Hinduism. And I think most people understand that. These thugs are motivated by Hindutva. This is the Indian version of Hitler's Nazi ideology. And I spoke about this at a recent conference in London and Birmingham. Hindutva has nothing to do with Hinduism. The one who made it popular, Vinayak Savarkar, was himself an atheist. He was a nationalist. Just like Zionism and the founders of Zionism and those who promoted Zionism, it was done and made popular by non-practicing Jews and atheists. Zionism and Hindutva are two peas in the same pod. They are not from religion, but they are from violent nationalism, uh, a supremist ideology. And this supremist ideology, this xenophobic mindset is not, uh, is not an isolated phenomenon. Different flavors of the xenophobia exists in the world today. There are racists, uh, there are racists in their millions in Donald Trump's, uh, as Donald Trump supporters in America who hold on to similar ideas like this. And there are many countries across Europe and Sweden, from, from Sweden to Italy, that have this ideology uh, or a hatred of the foreigner. But more specifically, hatred of Muslims and Islam. And this is what binds all of these things together. So the racism in America, the xenophobia in Europe, Hindutva in India and Zionism in Palestine, all of them have something in common. And that is they want to blame Islam and Muslims for their problems. Well, hello, Islam is not in power. Islam didn't define your laws. Islam didn't, didn't define your politics or your economics. The blame for the failure lies solely with the democratic systems. It is those that have failed. Islam hasn't been in power in India for 200 years. Since that time, at the end, since the end of the Muslim rule of India, Britain came and occupied it for almost 200 years. And they looted it, impoverished it and starved it. And in the last 70 so or so years, there has been a democratic secular government. You cannot blame Islam and you cannot blame the Muslims for the problems that exist in India, Europe, America and elsewhere. The capitalist democratic system has failed the 99% of people in India, America and Europe. Yet, it is Islam that is blamed in India, America and Europe. And this is done to deflect the blame from the failing democratic capitalistic world order. So simple people are given half-truths and told that you don't have a job and you don't have money because the foreigners have taken it. Wrong. Your billionaires have taken it. Your billionaires in India, America and Europe have taken it. And we as Muslims really need to start speaking up for Islam as a solution for the world's problems. And as a state, as a political state and a protector of all people, Islam came as a mercy for the whole of mankind, not for a specific set or group of people. Islam came as a mercy. The Prophet ﷺ came as a mercy for all people. And remember... That not only are non-Muslims not safe in this world, where the rich and powerful will abuse them. A Muslim is not safe in a democratic system. A report recently authored by the Institute of Race Relations, the IRR in the UK, concluded that Muslims indeed in the UK are second class citizens. Democracy cannot guarantee you your rights. Nazism 
and Hindutva both emerged in democratic states. But under Islam, under the Khilafah, under the Islamic Sharia, every non-Muslim's life and property is protected by law and by the blood of the Muslims. And that rule cannot be changed even if a hundred people voted against it. So with the absence of Islam as a political force in the world, it means that the evildoers, the rich, the powerful, have a free reign in this world to cause mischief in India and in Leicester. وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.